What's Shaken Fire Nation? JLD here with an audio masterclass on rediscovering your childlike wonder to unleash inspiration, meaning, and joy. To drop these value bombs, I have brought John O'Leary on the mic. He is the author of the number one national best-selling book, on Fire, The Seven Choices to Ignite a Radically Inspired Life. He hosts the Live Inspired podcast and is an inspirational speaker teaching more than 50,000 people around the world each year how to live inspired. His second book, In Awe, Rediscover Your Childlike Wonder to Unleash Inspiration, Meaning, and Joy, publishes on May 5th, 2020. In Fire Nation, today we're going to be talking about the six questions that we need to answer for us to live and lead in awe. As soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. If you want 2020 to be your best financial year ever, you need to join Russell Brunson's free masterclass where he shares the exact blueprint of what the top 1% of ClickFunnels users are doing differently that the other 99% are not. Register today at eofire.com slash secrets. That's eofire.com slash secrets. John, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. What's up, Fire Nation? It is John O'Leary. And I, I guess what most people don't know about me is I make a living as a speaker, as an author, as a podcast host in front of a whole lot of people. But I'm naturally shy. I'm completely an introvert. And I love nothing more than chilling out at home with my family. Wow. Well, I can tell you, most people, a vast majority of people that I interview, absolutely identify themselves as an introvert. It's just one of those things. I mean, I am definitely more of that extroverted side of things. Although, believe me, I'm looking forward to sitting back on the couch tonight with Kate, Ben and Jerry's pint in my hands, watching a little Ozark. So uh, I, like my, <laughs> I like my quiet time too. <laughs> so I, my wife Beth and I were watching just last night. So I'm not, I'm not going to give away the details, but man, it, it's, getting, uh, it's getting pretty gruesome. So you may want to you may want to get two pints of Ben and Jerry's because you, you may need it tonight. It's, it's rough out there, baby. And I'm a Missouri guy, so I'm a St. Louis, Missouri guy. So this uh, this takes place in my backyard, and I'm pretty sure the Ozarks I know are a bit different than the ones being portrayed on this movie. Uh, well, it's hitting kind of close to home for me, too, because I actually was stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas for three years yeah. and was on the K-State water ski team. So every year we would go to the Lake of the Ozarks to do skiing <laughs> freezing. As soon as the ice was out, we went water skiing in dry suits so I got to know the lake pretty well, you know, went quite all around all of those different inlets and stuff. So I'm always kind of looking on the show like, that looks familiar. Was that it? But of course, it's just, you know, a massive body of water. But anyways, so we are getting off topic here. John, I want to talk about rediscovering your childlike wonder and unleashing inspiration, meaning, and joy. And brother, there are few people that can do this better than you. In fact, you know, when your book comes out in awe on May 5th, 2020, this is the focal point of everything that you've created here. And I'm really excited to kind of get into it because there are six questions that we need to answer if we're going to live and lead in awe. So brother, I want to kind of hand the mic over to you for number one, which is who cares? <laughs> You know, we could go through a lot more than six questions. The, the book was written with the idea of when I speak, John, to adult organizations, and that's the majority of what I do professionally. You're in front of corporations, whether it's online or in the old days in stadiums and arenas and boardrooms. The 
I think the majority of us feel a little bit beat down by life. We feel as if it's a little bit, uh, we're enduring the mundane and we're just kind of getting through. We're just kind of getting through the, the, the toughness of each day. And then I would leave these summits and leave these organizations and I would walk into a schoolhouse and these kids would skip into the classroom. And when I would ask them a question, all the, every hand man, usually before I was done asking the question would pop up. They had smiles on their face. They had joys in their eyes. They had life in front of them. They were optimistic naturally. And so I wondered what, what is it that children have that we have lost sight of and how do we return to it? So th that's the premise of the book in awe. And you ask the question, who cares? Kids do. K kids care deeply about everything. Not, not everything at the same time, but whatever it is, that task that they are doing in that moment, they are all in. They are fully engaged. Uh, it's hard to just distract them from what they're doing. And so the question, who cares, allows us to live into our mission, not only directionally, but in the moment. So I love this because... Man, if we could just live through childlike eyes more often, I mean, how much better would the world be? I can remember so clearly not too long ago, I went to Disney World and I hadn't been there since I was eight years old and I had the best memories of it. And I'm not going to lie, listen, Disney, they do a great job, but I was walking around. It was so packed. It was so hot. I waited in line on a couple of rides that were honestly very mediocre. I mean, they, they had some great, they had some great rides there, but a couple of these rides, I mean, they were pretty darn mediocre. I mean, I was just yawning during them. But, you know, that was through my 40-year-old eyes. And, you know, yes. I, I went a few months later with my niece, you know, she's yes. eight years old. And it was a completely different experience. I mean, everything was like Uncle Lily. Like, that's what she calls me, Uncle Lily. Like, Uncle Lily, look at that. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that. And I saw all these things I never saw before. Like, what I saw the last time through my stupid 40-year-old eyes was like the crowds and how hot it was yeah. and how everybody was like, you know, spitting gum out on the side. I, was, I saw all like these weird, I don't know why. She saw none of that. She saw the magic. She saw the absolute magic. So that's just a fascinating way to start this off. And Let's move on to why me. Break that down, John. Let me come back to what you're talking about, your beautiful niece. Children naturally see the magic in everything. It's called first time living. So the first time you're on Space Mountain, holy, holy cow, man. Now. No one saw that drop coming. It, it blows <laughs> your mind. And then you do it again and you get sick one more time. And by the hundredth time, we're bored. bored. That's true at Space Mountain. It's true at Disney. It's true with action movies. It's true in life. It's true at work. It's true in retirement. We get bored. But you don't have to. You don't have to get bored in marriage or in your singleness. You don't have to get bored as you go through your life going forward. You can experience first time living every day of your lives, but you can't do that with the old mindset that got us to where we are. We got to return to your niece's mindset that says this is magic. And John, what, what we know, this is a choice. As children, it's not even a choice. It's just happenstance. It's the first time you've been on Space Mountain. But you and I can step into the day as if it is the very first time we have done mm -hmm. so. And it's going to change the way we watch the sunrise in Puerto Rico. It's going to change the way we watch it set. It's going to change how we show up. It's going to change how we influence. And it's going to change the direction not only of our life, which is awesome enough, but over the lives of everybody else we're leading forward. Man, that is powerful. So anything else you want to add about why me before we move on? <laughs> so why me? I mean, there's two ways to ask this. One way is the common way, in particular in media these days and social media. And it's as a victim to pandemics 
to market corrections, to distraught economies, to social distancing, to everything else that we've been through or some of us are still going through. Alternatively, and the way we encourage our listeners and our the, the ladies and gentlemen we serve to ask it, is with the eyes of a child, with the lens of a child. Like, why me? Why am I so blessed? Damn, that's a cool sunrise. That is cool. What is it? Is that a toad? Is that a frog over there? <laughs> is that, I think that's a princess. No, it's just it's just a lady coming down from uh, you know Minnesota who's dressed like a princess, but it's good enough. And, and so they go through this life as if it's all this epic journey. Why me can also be asked not as victims, but through the lens of profound gratitude. And so that that's why I think that question matters so much. Kids, those of us who have kids or you've seen children or at one point in your life, you were a kid, you realize this. Kids love to ask questions. And right, right now, some listeners are thinking, dude, so do I. But for the most part, when we ask questions as adults, we're asking with the end already in mind. Yeah, we, we know the answer we want, man. We, we know how we feel politically. And so even if I disagree with you, if I ask you a question while you're voting that way, it's not to learn from you, John. It's actually to begin deconstructing your argument. Kids are just naturally curious. And if we want to build a better business, a better life, a better marriage, a better family, better countries, you got to be inquisitive. You got to be open minded and you got to believe in your heart of hearts like your niece does that the best days are in front of us. And I see myself doing this personally in my life as well. You know, that kind of perception bias where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to try veganism. And like, I really wanted veganism to work. So I would only like look for things where everybody talked highly about veganism. And then like, I switched to like, oh my God, I'm going to try fasting like, you know, two days a week. And like, I only was like really willing to listen and and look into things that were like positive about fasting. Because like in my mind, I had already committed to that. And so like, I only wanted things that like, gave me additional like positive vibes towards that bias. Like that mm. perception bias was so real for me. So John, if like we're listening to you right now and we're like, okay, we're really getting this process. What more can I do? You can ask that in one of two ways. One, shrugging your shoulders, turning around and going back to the fast food line at Disney. Like what, what more can I do? I tried it and I'm bored. Or you can go in like a child does naturally. What more can I do to soak up the very gift that this day presents that life has for me and for those I serve? And this question, what more can I do, is one I learned from, you know, many of your listeners would know the, the name Joe Buck. Yeah. Joe is you know, a celebrity announcer all over the media, calls, I think, 26 consecutive World Series. So he's a big time announcer. I love Joe. He lives in my backyard of St. Louis and he's a friend. But the reason he's a friend is because his dad changed my life. At age nine, and John, I've shared part of the story with you, but at age nine, I I was burned on my entire body. I was given no chance of surviving. Um, 100% burn, 87% third degree. There's no chance to get out. And the following day, Jack Buck, that's the father of Joe, comes into my room. He's a radio announcer for the St. Louis Cardinals at the time. And he whispers some encouragement to me. He says, kid, wake up. You are going to survive You are going to live. And when you get out of here, we are going to celebrate. We'll call it John O'Leary Day at the ballpark. Wow. And then he goes, keep fighting. But on the way out, he learns that the little boy is going to die, that there's no reason for hope, that there's nothing else anybody can do for this little kid, that it's a lost situation. And John, I I think we get this diagnosis all the time with, with relationships, with finances, marketplace. Pick your poison. There's no chance. And how do we respond? What Jack does, and he learned this 
overseas battling, battling in World War II, and he carried it forward from that moment into the rest of his life. The question he asked nightly, and it's the origin of the question you, you just asked me, was what more can I do to make tomorrow better than today? And so nightly, he would ask that question. And the, the benefit of that question being asked the day he visited me was the following day he came back into my life and whispered that same encouragement. And then he came back the following day and then the following day and then the following day for five months. And he began this mentorship over this little boy named John O'Leary with no chance at life and then no chance of success. And he just kept guiding me forward by asking, what more can I do? And JLD, I've been, I've been asking this question now myself for seven years. It has transformed my spiritual journey, my marriage, my parenting, my business, my finances, my charitable giving, the way I serve my mom and my dad, what I say yes to, what I say no to, what more can I do? So if you're looking, I think on a podcast like yours, people are always looking for, man, what's that one thing? Right. Just give me one idea. Dude. You're wasting my time. Give me one thing. <laughs> okay. Let me stop wasting your time and let me give you one thing. Tonight, before you go to bed, ask the question, what more can I do? And then journal it. And then tomorrow morning, I don't care what you wrote, do it. And then that day, tomorrow, when you go to bed, before you fall asleep, before you brush those teeth, man, ask the question, okay, what more can I do? And sometimes you're going to find, man, I'm going to try being a vegan. Cool. I'm going to get back into worship services. Cool. I'm going to start a charitable fund. Cool. It's going to be different every day, but it's going to change the course of your life. And if you do this over the course of a week, it's nice. Week, it's it's cool. Over a month or a year or a lifetime, Johnny, it's it's absolutely transformative. Transformative. So I learned that from Jack Buck. I received the goodness that can come out of that question. I've been a practitioner for the past seven years. It has changed my life. And I promise you guys at home, it will change yours too. You know, Fire Nation, before we started this interview, John very generously asked, JLD, like what is really going to move Fire Nation? Like what can I do today that's really going to impact the listeners? And I said, man, Listen, give them action steps. You know, we're in a crazy time right now. Give them some actions specifically to take. And that's exactly what he's doing, Fire Nation. Listen to his words, follow his action, follow the action steps he's giving you, and then see what happens. Like, go through this process, like, trust in it. It's worked for so many others. It's going to work for you. And John, just like your first book, you are on fire, brother. So <laughs> let's keep up this heat. The next question why not? Uh, dude, I love you, man. So uh, why not? That question grew out of a situation I had as a nine-year-old just out of hospital. Man, I've, I've lost my fingers to amputation. My life going forward looks like it's going to be impossibly difficult. We drive seven hours to a doctor who has this radical surgery that allows a little bit of fingers to be cut into the webs of my hands that remain. So th this guy walks into the room. He takes a look at me. He starts talking about me, but never with me. He talks a little bit to my parents, but as if he's looking down at them. And then eventually my dad, who is the absolute hero of my life, man, he's, he's a veteran like you are, JLD. He's a good dude. He's a business owner. He's growth minded. He's just good. He's a good guy. My dad asked the question, so what do you think, doc? And the physician's response was, if he was a, if he was a horse, I would shoot him. Oh. So this is the guy who we are looking to for help, for advice, for encouragement, for next steps to say, man, it's going to be hard, but together we can do this. So we drive seven hours back, beat down by life. Three days later, we walk into another physician's office. This guy walks in. He's looking at a chart and he's singing. 
Like he's, he's originally from Italy. So he's got this beautiful cadence in the way he sings. And then he, he shuts the file. He looks at the wall and he goes, oh, my goodness. I have the gift of visiting with John O'Leary today, the miracle boy himself. And he claps his hands and he goes, what luck is this? And then he picks up the file. He acts like he's looking at it again. And he walks out of the room singing. And then a moment later, he comes back in and says, were you here the whole time? <laughs> and I, I nod excitedly. I'm a nine-year-old. I'm like, yes, yes, I was. And he goes, John, the miracle boy, may I shake your hand? And, you know, my hands are knobs, man. They're useless at that time, I think. And he shakes my hand lovingly and he says, it is an honor. It is an honor to meet you. So th- this is just blowing me away. And then he's going to try a surgery. He talks about all the risks that are going to come in, in line with this. But most people are saying that, that it's impossible. That, that it can't be done, that it's a waste of time. And one guy went as far as saying, if he was a horse, I would shoot him. Ugh. That's one way to go through life, and it's popular. And if you don't believe me, watch the news tonight. There's another way, like Dr. Papalardo, this phenomenal visionary. He's not a doctor. He's a visionary who said, why not? Why not? And so the question, why not, is asked not from a place of the things that can't be done or have not been done, but from a standpoint of saying, what, what might happen? Is it still possible? Are the best days maybe in front of this little boy? Why not? And so that man cut into the webs of my hands. He gave me back 10 little fingers that, by the way, allowed me to hold a pencil, hold a coffee mug, hold a beer can, play a piano, type out books, live life, hold the wife, the hand of my wife, hold the, the hands of my children, JLD, live life well. Because where one person saw death, another person saw life. Fire Nation, if this doesn't bring little shivers to the back of your neck, check your pulse. I mean, these are the type of stories that John brings over and over again in his books, which is why they're such magical reads. And Fire Nation, we're not even close to done dropping value bombs. We got more coming your way as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. Hiring can be difficult, but if you're a company that's currently trying to hire, you face new difficulties from safely reopening your doors to finding the right person for a specialized role. Housing Wire could relate. They needed to hire an ambitious reporter to cover news stories on the U.S. mortgage and housing markets. So they turned to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's smart matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And that's how Housing Wire found Alexandra Roja. Alexandra never imagined she could get a reporter job in the midst of COVID-19. Hiring was frozen and the idea of looking for a job was discouraging. So she created a profile on ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter matched Alexandra to Housing Wire's reporting job because her degree and writing skills were a great fit for the role. Housing Wire received her application only four hours after they posted the job, and a few weeks later, Alexandra started her dream career. ZipRecruiter helped Alexandra find the right job, and they helped Housing Wire find the right person for their role fast. See how ZipRecruiter can help you hire. Try it now for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Fire Nation, the quality of your business funnels will make or break your business. But no need to worry, I have exactly what you need to succeed in 2020. So if you don't have a funnel yet, or if your current funnel doesn't convert, or if you simply need more traffic to your funnel, I have the perfect training for you. The founder of ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson, has put together an incredible training that will deliver everything you need to know to make 2020 your best year ever. During this free masterclass, you'll learn the number one funnel secret, the number one 
conversion secrets, and the number one traffic secrets to help you grow your business faster than you ever could have imagined. And these secrets aren't just assumptions. They're proven tactics backed by a team that's filled with funnel experts. Register today at eofire.com slash secrets. That's eofire.com slash secrets. So John, we're back. And this next question, I I got no idea where you're going with this. So (laughs) let's just break it down, brother. Bring your glove. The book in awe, it's broken into five different senses. So the first one is wonder. And that means the ability to go through life like like your niece does naturally. But we can too. So this is not age discriminant. I had a 98-year-old friend who ran a massive business who ran it until the very end of his life. So you don't need to be a child to be childlike. Now, lots of people these days, lots of leaders are childish, but the call is not to be childish. It's to be childlike in the way we lead our businesses, our lives, our relationships forward. So bring your glove. What's the idea of bring your glove? Well, it comes from sense number two, which is expectancy. And um, in pharmacies, what, what, what we realize is we roll out drugs and we test drugs is they struggle with it mightily because whether you give a patient a sugar pill or the real goods, in both cases, they progress forward. In both cases, they get better because they, in both cases, believe they will. And what you believe will happen will influence indeed what does happen. You start eating differently. You start praying differently. You start dieting differently. You start meditating differently. You start talking to yourself and others around you, taking different actions, and it's going to influence outcome. This is true in healthcare, but why, why the story and bring your glove? It's true in life too. So this idea of bring your glove grows out of me bringing my son Patrick to a baseball game in Kansas City. We left St. Louis. It's about a four-hour drive, and he wore the glove on his left hand for four hours straight. And when we got out of the car, it's 146 degrees, I think, in Kansas City. We're going into the stadium. And I said, Patrick, leave the glove, bro. You're not going to need it. I, Daddy's never lucky. Balls never come my way, man. You won't, you won't need your glove. And he said, Daddy, tonight we're going to need it. And I'll make this make the story far shorter than it really was. But in the eighth inning of the game, this ball is driven from a, a right-handed batter down the left field line. I duck. Because I know I'm not going to be hit by this stupid ball, man. My son stands, raises his left hand, catches the, the darn no ball. No way. True story. <laughs> and I, I say to him, man, you are the luckiest kid I've ever met. Your first game out of town, and that's what happens? So it blew me away. But it, it doesn't end there, man. This is a true story. So I look up the odds. The likelihood of him catching a ball that night was one in a thousand. So that's the likelihood. So one in a thousand, good for him. He's got, he's got his ball story over. Except it's not. The following year, and every year as a speaker, I take my kids with me one city. They get to choose. They tell me where I'm staying. They tell me what we're doing. I live life through their lens. So Patrick chooses Pittsburgh. He chooses to go to a baseball game with his Cardinals against the Pirates. He brings his glove. We drive there, dude. It's a nine-hour drive. The glove is on his hand for a (laughs) nine-freaking-hour drive. Not no bowl. We go to the stadium. I never tell him where we're seated because it would break his heart to learn. We have like the worst seats in the entire ballpark. It's way up in right field. Oh, no, nobody's bringing a ball up there. Sixth inning, true story, Pittsburgh Pirate third baseman crushes a ball over our head, actually, about 10 rows past us. My son and I kind of look at each other like, well, that was close. And then to the right, we hear a voice and the voice says, hey, kid. If you can catch this ball, it's yours. I want you to go home with something besides a cardinal defeat. (laughs) And this guy with a Pirates jersey 
throws this ball. I step away because I don't have a glove on, man. I'll drop it. He reaches high his glove, brings it in, and Patrick goes home with a second ball consecutively. And if it ends there, it's crazy. But final time, and I'm, I promise you I make none of these stories up. This past summer, we went to Cincinnati. This is back in 2019. He brings his glove. In the second end of the, end of the game, a foul ball comes down the left field line, and he grabs it. One in a thousand are the odds. But here's the chance. What are the odds of you catching a ball if you don't bring a glove? Because you're not looking for the baseball. You're not standing when the ball comes hit your way. You're ducking. So the, the whole idea of this idea of bring your glove is if you really want something better for your life, you got to show up, man. You got to expect profound things, but you can't. It's not like the secret. You don't just shut your eyes and mm, kind of hum to yourself and hope that you get rich and get a beach, a house on the beach and have a great marriage. It's not going to happen. It demands movement. It demands movement. And Patrick has the ability to walk into the garage, go into the little bin, grab his little glove, hop into daddy's car and believe he's going to get it. And then he pays attention the entire game. So there's a lesson there somewhere, even for those of you who hate baseball, for you to bring your glove into life. Watch what happens. Oh, you know, that actually brings me back 2010 girl that I'm dating, she like loved the, sh the show, The Price is Right. And she's like, let's drive up from San Diego. Let's go to The Price is Right. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And she's like, okay, but we got to make sure because they might pick us. I'm like, no way. They never, there are no ways that they're going to pick us. If we even get in, we're lucky just to be in the audience. She's like, no, no, we got to make shirts. And like, I had this shift, John, where I was like, you know what? I'm going to start believing in this. I'm going to start saying to myself, you know what? We are going to make shirts. We are going to have fun and we are going to get picked. <laughs> and I'll make this story even much shorter because this, you know, isn't the focal point, but went up there, got in. I was the first person called down on stage to the Price is Right. And I putted to win a car on the Price Dude. is Right. I won a car on the Price is Right. EOFire.com slash about the videos there. It's hysterical. But guess what? I was that person that was like, we don't even need to make t-shirts. And it wasn't until I flipped my script and my mindset yes. that I brought myself towards that. And it's just so crazy that like when you talk about it with your son, like it's just so true. Now I kind of have a good idea about what you're going to talk about here. But again, take it away, brother. Which wall is your ladder against? So you and I were talking right before we went live around your military experience. And you know from previous conversations with me that I, I, I love our military. We do a lot of work serving them when they return from, from serving. Uh, one area, though, the hardest job that I've ever personally had wasn't farming. It wasn't running a business. It wasn't being on the road. The hardest job I ever had was three years as a hospital chaplain, of all things, man. I just wanted to explore that, that side of life and, and to pour back into a community that gave me so much as a little boy. So I spent three years as a chaplain. One of those years was with heart patients. And in one of the visits, and this is where the story comes from, in one of the visits, I walk into this guy's room, gray walls, no flowers, no cards, dark, man, it's just dark. And so I walk into this guy's room and we visit for a while. And then JLD says to me, John, if you had seen me years ago, you would have seen a man who was on top of the world, on top of the world. Business was growing, marriage was good, and my girls were on fire, man. They were on fire. And then in the pursuit of that success, I lost sight of the things that actually mattered. Work became so stressful and I was gone so much that I lost my marriage. Ooh. And through that stress, I turned to drinking, I turned to, turned to smoking, and I turned to other drugs, which eventually not only cost me my business, it cost me my health, and it also cost me my relationship with my daughters. 
And I, he, he looks out the window, like takes a deep breath, looks back at me. And then he says, JLD, John, I've, I've, I've got into the end of my life. I've climbed the ladder. I've climbed the ladder to the very tippity top. And I realized once I've got in here that I had the thing leaned against the wrong damn wall. Mm. And dude, like I, I was 26 years old or something at that point, And that story rocked me as a young man. It rocks me today as a 43 year old. I hope it continues to jar me awake going forward into my life because I, I don't want to have the ladder leaned against the wrong damn wad. I think the last thing in the world you want to do is become successful in the things that don't matter. And dude, like I, I love success, man. I love I, I love promoting books. I love speaking. I love growing businesses. I love top line revenue and bottom line profitability, but not at the expense of the things that matter. So th- that that story reminds me. I hope it reminds your your listeners today. Make sure the foundation is firm, but make sure on the climb up that you got the thing leaned against the wrong the right damn wall. Man, that phrase is so powerful. The worst thing you can do is becoming successful at the wrong things. I mean, think about that, Fire Nation. At your core, what foundation are you building? So, John, take us home with a bang. Get in the game. <laughs> Man, I mean, we could go on a million different rides on this one. I, I, I think I'll share the story, though, from fifth grade, coming home. Uh, my first game back in peewee soccer. So, uh, you know, JLD, I've seen you, man. You're a little bit more physically a a prowess (laughs) specimen than your guest today, John O'Leary, man. I weigh about a buck 40 soaking wet and I'm six foot tall. And that's after years of putting muscle onto this frame. So like back in fifth grade, coming out of the burn center, barely able to walk. I was a threat to no one other than my own team. So I'm, I'm on the bench near the end of the game, but the coach is letting me wear the uniform. Like, what an honor to be on the bench with the team. The score is tied 2-2. This is a true story. S- score is tied 2-2. There's a handball in the box on the bad guys, man. So this is the time for our coach to go for the throat, man. <laughs> this is the time for this fifth grade or sixth grade team to win this important peewee game. We all know f- how important fifth grade soccer is. The coach calls a timeout. He calls me over and he says, uh, he called me Johnny. Johnny, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to run out to that ball. You need to get us a goal because we need to win a game. And dude, I can barely stand. I can't jog. I certainly can't run. I can barely kick the ball. I know he's called the wrong man forward of the mission. I just, I'm, I'm certain of this. And then he says to me, Johnny, I need you to get in the game. And he smacked me kind of on, on the backside. Timeout's over. I jog out, bent over to this little ball. The referee sets the ball down. He jogs away. He blows the whistle. Dude, I remember it like it happened yesterday. The goalie's 600 yards away from me, I think. He's <laughs> way, dude, sniper wouldn't have got him. He's way down line. I'm not going to get him. I come up to this ball. I kick it with everything I got. This little ball trickles away from me down the line toward the post. I watch as the goalkeeper dives. It goes just under his right arm into the back of the net. My teammates, dude, I never told this story live. My teammates come around me. They pick me up. They carry me off this field. We win the game. We win the game. But but here's the thing. We won the freaking game long before John O'Leary kicked the ball. Way before my team, 10 little teammates of mine, their parents, the other team, their coach, that's an important one to get right. The other parents on the other sideline, they saw evidence of what real victory was going to look like. 
get this kid with no chance at life in the game, man. Get him in the game. And I, I think too frequently in life, we, we, first, we stay on the bench. So that's one approach. So the very first thing is get in the game, but then recognize the value of your life, man. The last year at JLD in America, economy was killing it. Unemployment was low. Life was good. Even with all that going right, 1.5 million Americans attempted suicide. Wow. This is, this, is, this is jarring. We need champions. We need torchbearers. We need people on fire, Fire Nation, to stand forward and say, hey, your life matters. Get in the game. You are not alone. So for me, one of the examples of that was a a coach named Coach Steiner. Fire Nation, these stories are just bringing up so many memories for me. I mean, literally, John, as you're sharing these stories, I'm just going back to different parts in my life where either myself or my teammates or my friends or my peers were going through similar things, you know, and they were just having these kind of get in the game moments. And I really hope Fire Nation that as you're hearing John kind of share these stories and weave these tales and bring it all together at the ends, that you're having that kind of same inspiration, that kind of same motivation. And at the end of the day, that you're going to use that to get in the game. So John, bring it home for us, brother. I mean, you have the new book, In Awe, published May 5th, 2020. Tell us a little bit about this before we say goodbye here, where Fire Nation can go to consume this great content and connect with you. As you know, John, because you and I are friends, and I told you before we recorded, I love your work. So to become part of this program, very meaningful. For those who want to learn more about me, if you visit me at readinawe.com, and I'll say it again in case you're driving and you you want to record it somewhere, I'm at readinawe.com. All of our links are there. The link to our podcast is there. The link to my books are there. A 21-day challenge to continue this journey forward with you is there. Uh, The the first week of sales, we're going right back in and giving it all away to charity. The idea is that we're not only going to make a difference and get people inspired, but we want to make a difference in our community. So Big Brothers, Big Sisters, it's an organization I'm, I'm an ambassador of, I'm a board member of, I'm active in, I'm a big myself. Dude, we've been blessed, and I want to make sure that we collectively can bless those so desperately in need of it right now. So go to readinawe.com and and, and journey with us along on on the path forward. Let's get in the game together. Fire Nation, it's all about rediscovering your childlike wonder. To unleash inspiration, meaning, and joy, that is what In Awe is all about. And you know this. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with J-O-L and J-L-D today, so keep up that heat, and of course, visit readinawe.com. Fire Nation, that's your call to action, and John, thank you, brother, for sharing your truth, your value, your stories, your inspiration with Fire Nation. For that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, J-L-D. Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bomb content was brought to you by John. And Fire Nation, I've created a treasure trove of free courses for you. I teach you how to podcast, run a mastermind, come up with your big idea, create funnels that convert, and so much more. All you need to do is visit eofire.com slash resources and start learning today. I'll catch you there, Fire Nation, or I'll catch you on the flip side. 
If you want 2020 to be your best financial year ever, you need to join Russell Brunson's free masterclass where he shares the exact blueprint of what the top 1% of ClickFunnels users are doing differently that the other 99% are not. Register today at eofire.com slash secrets. That's eofire.com slash secrets.